Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. There are no greater words in the lexicon of sports than Game 7. Unfortunately for the 120-plus franchises across the four major professional sports leagues, Game 7 may not be more of a cringe-worthy sentiment than it is for the Vegas Golden Knights. And who would have thought we would be in the same situation as we were last year? Because now, ladies and gentlemen, Game 7 is a thing. And it is tomorrow night. Welcome back, everybody, to Locked On Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is Thursday, September 3rd, 2020. And today's show is brought to you in part by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. My name is Danny Webster. I'm your host, and I do appreciate you stopping by for today's episode in which we will be discussing Yet another night in which Thatcher Demko stood on his head and became a brick wall in the Vancouver Canucks net. And by doing so, we have a Game 7 tomorrow night between the Golden Knights and the Canucks. The winner will advance to the Western Conference Final, which is to begin Sunday. And who would have thought at the beginning of the week, we would have likely gone from no Game 7s in the second round to now three, two of them in the Western Conference. And again, Game 1 of the Conference Final is on Sunday, and the Golden Knights are now in the position of being in a Game 7 for the second year in a row. And not only are they in the position of a Game 7 for the second year in a row, there is a chance they could blow a 3-1 lead for the second year in a row. Pete DeBoer has touched on this a number of times in the postseason. When it comes to playoff hockey, you're going to either run into low-scoring games, a boatload, or you're going to run into a hot goaltender. In this case, I think I can say from my professional opinion, a 100% clear-cut, concrete analysis, Thatcher Demko is engulfed in flames. 48 saves for Thatcher Demko after allowing one goal and I believe 44 shots in Game 5. And the Golden Knights get blanked 4 to nothing in Game 6 to prepare us all for Game 7 tomorrow night. Why in the world do I get the sense I've seen this movie before? Game 6 was a lot like Game 5. Nearly the same script. A lot of shots. Vegas attempted to get more in front of the net to try and make life tough on Demko. They did that to a degree, but still the Golden Knights found themselves at the front end of a lot of one-and-dones. No rebounds, no second chances, and if there were second chances... They weren't clear and easy enough to capitalize to put the puck in the back of the net. While Vegas tried to figure out Thatcher Demko, the Canucks got off to an amazing start in this game. Winning puck battles, looking like the faster team, looking like the team that had everything to lose, knowing their season was on the line for the second game in a row, and they were the ones that were playing more like the desperate team while the Golden Knights were still trying to figure out how in the world to play offense, and at least for the first 10 minutes of this game, it looked like the Golden Knights had used up all their energy in Game 5 with the chance of putting Vancouver away. 
not thinking that they would be in a game six situation, let alone thinking that they could be in a game seven situation. And the first goal of the game, the Jake Vertanen goal, two plus minutes in, perfect example, beats Nate Schmidt down the ice. Vancouver hustles to the puck. There are about three guys behind the cage. Vertanen collects the puck, scores on the wraparound. Leonard doesn't see it. It's one to nothing. And then from then on, it's it pretty much was in Vegas's chance. They they had the opportunity to get some goals on the board. They played a much I think they played a much more difficult game on Demko than they did in game five. They did get to the net a little bit more. They did crash it a little bit more. Just the Canucks were so good at winning the puck battles in front, clearing the puck, making sure that Demko saw the puck a great deal. They did a great job of moving Vegas away from his line of sight. It was pretty, It was a much more difficult game for Demko, given the de- degree of difficulty of shots that he saw. But you can't say Vegas didn't have their chances. You cannot say that. 0 for 5 on the power play. Four of those power plays come in the first two periods. Vegas is now 4 for 20 on the power play in this series, which, I mean, 20% in some aspects would be considered good, except if all four goals came in the first four games of the series, that's not a good ratio. And I talked about this on Tuesday. You give a young team life, they're going to bite you. you. If you give... If it's a battle of David versus Goliath, if you give David the chance, if you give him three stones and he misses one, but he gets the second one, he's more than likely going to hit the third one. You don't score on the power play and the many chances that Vegas has had on the power play. You can't beat a young goalie making his second playoff start. It's not going to demoralize that young group, especially when they're on the board and running two plus minutes in. If they are getting the production that they are from that goaltender and if they are laying their bodies on the line to make sure that that young goaltender is having as easy of a chance as he can get no matter how many shots you're throwing on net eventually the dam is going to break and it's going to break toward the side of David not toward the side of Goliath and that's exactly what happened you go to the third period William Carlson gets two shots on Vegas's first shift of the period, both from the high slot. One was saved by Demko on a wicked one-timer. The other one went wide. The ensuing shift for Vancouver, Quinn Hughes enters through the neutral zone, takes it around the left side, comes back around. JT Miller gets the puck, fires it on net. Elias Pettersson screens Leonard, doesn't even see it, and it's 2-0. All of a sudden, you get that production, you get that quality of play from your goaltender, and you finally get a second one on the board, that game was over right there. It was absolutely over because if Vegas wasn't going to get through Demko then, they weren't going to get through Demko down to nothing. And then Quinn Hughes scores on a four-on-four later on in the third. And who's there screening Robin Leonard again? Elias Pettersson, who is the best player on that Vancouver team by a country mile. He's not the one putting up points in this game. He's the one setting the screen in front of Robin Leonard to make sure that those goals beat him. That is a leader. That is a quality leader to have on your team. And Travis Green talked of Pedersen doing the little things to help his team win after the game today. But that's what a quality centerman does. He's doing it against a great goaltender too. And he's doing it against a big goaltender in Leonard. The fact that he's able to screen and just allow himself enough space to where Leonard can't see the puck on multiple occasions. And it's not the first or second time he's done that. I mean, game four, he did it uh, on the Besser goal. 
Uh, not not the Besser goal. Whoever scored the second goal, I can't remember, the winning goal. Actually, Pedersen was in front, so he deflected it. He scored the winning goal. So Pedersen has been making life difficult for Leonard in front, even though Robin Leonard has not seen a lot of shots to the point in this series. Vegas didn't have that kind of luck. They didn't have that kind of action in front of Demko, and that's what DeBoer was talking about all the way leading up to today, even from yesterday leading up to tonight. They got to get more traffic. They got to get more second chance opportunities. They got to get more rebounds. They got to try and make life difficult on Thatcher Demko. And again, to a degree tonight, they did. They were better, but they weren't good enough. Bo Horvat scores an empty net goal late in the third period. 4-0 is your final score. Demko with a 48-save shutout. He was spectacular. The team in front of him played spectacularly. And as a result, Game 7 is tomorrow. Now, with Game 7, my whole mindset with this is throw everything we know out the window. Even against San Jose last year, throw everything that we know through the first six games of this series out the window. One win, one game to advance to the Western Conference Finals. But now, instead of the Golden Knights putting the Canucks up against the wall, it's now the Canucks who have the Golden Knights up against the wall, and they have everything to lose in this situation. We will discuss Game 7 shortly, but first, friends, this episode is brought to you in part by rockauto.com, the family-run business of 20 years. rockauto.com has you covered with whatever you're looking for for your car. It's impossible for auto parts stores to stock all the parts you need. rockauto.com has everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps and even motor oil. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Best of all, Prices are reliably low, and the same for do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On, or Locked On Golden Knights, because that's even better, in their How Did You Hear About Us box, and those guys will take care of you 100%. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And as a reminder, friends, you can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnVGK. You can follow me on Twitter at DannyWebster21. You can also send an email to LockedOnGoldenKnights at gmail.com if that does suit your fancy. Or if you would like to leave a nice little rating or review on Apple Podcasts, that would be greatly appreciated. All the feedback, all the criticism, all the thoughts on the show are greatly appreciated. So now we have a Game 7, something that seemed impossible a week ago. And not only that... But there are three Game 7s, each featuring teams coming back from a 3-1 down. It is pretty remarkable, yet stupid, that we've reached this point. And if you're the Golden Knights, as I mentioned earlier, all the pressure is on you. You were one win a few days ago from taking a break and getting ready for the next round. Now, it's on Vegas to respond. And the thing is, they do not have a lot of time to figure this out with the back-to-back we talked about it the minute that they changed that schedule if you got to the point where you were going into this up 3-1 or even 3-2 you needed to shut the door because you wanted to avoid giving Vancouver life in this situation and don't get me wrong I'm pretty sure Vancouver is going to go into game seven just as tired as Vegas is maybe not as tired but they're going to be as Probably a little bit beat up considering how much Vegas has controlled the offensive zone, how much they've dictated the shot count, how much they've dictated just keeping the Canucks to the outside. And again, Robin Leonard hasn't seen a whole lot of shots to this point. But if I'm the Golden Knights, 
I have to feel like, okay, maybe we've got them on the ropes just a little bit. If we can do one or two bounces, get one or two bounces, we can beat Demko. It might be that simple. It might also not be that simple. Now, I thought Marc-Andre Fleury should have gone tonight. Because again, in the event that this would have happened, you would have Robin Leonard for game seven. Now, again, not to say that Robin Leonard is at fault for these games that Vegas has lost. Robin Leonard to the... I mean, he's got two shutouts in this series. He's he's played spectacularly. But I I go back, and I said this on Tuesday, I go back to what Nate Schmidt said after game four. This team gets up for playing in front of Marc-Andre Fleury, and the likelihood of that translating to the offensive side of the, of the ice, it, it gradually gets better over time. But now Vegas is in a tough spot. Vegas is in a tough spot because, one, they can't solve a young goaltender. The team playing in front of that goalie has been spectacular, and the skill players have showed up at the right time for Vancouver, whereas Vegas has to feel somewhat defeated after looking to be in command of this series less than a week ago. Because if if this were a situation where they were going into Game 5, knowing that they have Demko, they should be feeling good about themselves. Again, they've been peppering him with shots. Maybe the second chances and the third chances maybe haven't been there, but they've put shots on him. Normally, these shots would have gone in against, say, a Jacob Markstrom. Now, before I go on, Travis Green did not commit to a starter for tomorrow. I would be shocked as all hell if it's not Thatcher Demko. If Jacob Markstrom comes back in there, Vegas has got a chance. And and I mean, that I say that knowing that Jacob Markstrom can go out and th- put a 40 safe shutout together because he's been fantastic throughout the playoffs. Markstrom has not looked good against Vegas. Demko right now gives you the best chance to win this series. If you get to the conference final, Vancouver can figure it out. But I would be shocked if tomorrow Thatcher Demko is not in net for Vancouver. Now, game seven of a back-to-back, would it make sense to go with Flurry? Yes, especially if that team can get up to play as well as they can in front of him. They are determined to get this one from Marc-Andre Fleury. Whether or not he is the 1A or the 1B, whenever that team gets in front of Fleury in a playoff situation, they play well for him. Now, the problem that you're going to go with here is that if you go with Fleury, is he going to be ready? Is he going to, or is he going to be cold? If he's going to be cold, that's where the problem is. I mean, we talked about it game four. He said it himself. He felt the two weeks off early on in the game and Vancouver got out to that lead. Do you risk that and go with Flurry again? And if he gives up a goal or two, do you go back to Leonard? Like there are so many alternating parts here that because Vegas has put themselves in this situation, you have to start thinking of these things rather irrationally or illogically. But with game seven, with Leonard not seeing a lot of action, and and I thought this going into games three and four because Leonard didn't see a lot of shots in the final 40 minutes of game three, I thought he should have gone again in game four because he was he was that good. With Leonard not seeing a lot of action, it would not shock me if Robin Leonard gets the call tomorrow night. Because I truly believe that with no travel, back-to-back, you don't see a lot of action tonight, even though you gave up three goals, and again, really, maybe except the first one, maybe it was your fault. The other two, not really. If Pete DeBoer 
goes with Robin Leonard tonight or tomorrow night, I would not be shocked. If he does, the season and the uncertainty involving Peter DeBoer and Kelly McCrimmon intensifies tenfold. I talked about it when Gerard Gallant got fired back in January. I said on this podcast that if this season does not result in a trip to at least the Western Conference Final, this season would be an unmitigated failure. Even with this pause and even with five months off, I still believe that to be true. Because for as well as you've been playing to this point, for as well as you played in the round robin, for as well as you played in the first round against Chicago, and for as well as you played in the first four games of this series, you should be in the Western Conference Final right now against a team that has not been here before. You should be the ones imposing your will and you should be the ones playing like you are a Stanley Cup contender. Can you imagine one year after blowing a 3-1 lead in the first round, no matter how you think of the situation and how game seven ended, can you imagine one year after blowing a 3-1 lead to do it again and do it against the goalie who has only played two playoff games in his entire career? In a postseason mired in conversation over which goalie to use, over a postseason that has been mired in agents tweeting photos of their clients getting stabbed in the back with a sword with the coach's name on it, and knowing that maybe you didn't fire, the, or maybe you didn't hire the right coach, or maybe you shouldn't have fired the coach that you had to begin with, can you imagine all of this coming full circle tomorrow night? If the Golden Knights blow another 3-1 series lead, there needs to be some serious conversation as to the direction of this team. And I'm talking about from management all the way on down. Because it's one thing, it is one thing to lose in the second round. It is another thing in its entirety to lose in the second round to a team that you should be 10 times better than and a team that really had no business being there. It is. It's one thing to do that. It's another thing to lose in the same exact fashion that you were bounced in last year. Only this time, it would be 10 times worse because you're going against a goalie who has allowed one goal in 120 minutes of hockey. And as I've said before, it starts at the top and it moves its way to the coaching staff and it goes down to the players. In the end, you cannot blame DeBoer if Vegas doesn't win. I thought that at the very beginning, if the Golden Knights got to the playoffs and they didn't win or they missed the playoffs entirely... It wasn't going to be on Peter DeBoer because he didn't ask for this. Peter DeBoer is now in charge of the police. He is now in charge of the roster. He is now more influential control over how this team looks than Gerard Gallant ever did. You can blame him for not having his guys ready. Even if there is a back-to-back, even if there are three games and four nights, if he does not have his team ready and he does not have his team prepared for the game plan that he needs to implement in getting in front of Demko and trying to get pucks on net and this and the other thing, that's where you can blame him. And again, that is as big of a target on Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee as it is Pete DeBoer because they're the ones that made the call to get rid of Gerard Gallant to bring in Pete DeBoer because they thought that he was the better guy for this job on January 15th. We are now on September 3rd and I get it. The circumstances are weird. The circumstances are dire, but with no travel and three games and four nights, that team should be ready to go. And the fact that we are sitting here talking on Thursday night going into Friday morning, that this team is one loss away from replicating the exact same situation that happened last year. It is, it is mind boggling.
and I get it. Fans are spoiled. Every Golden Knights fan has been spoiled by this winning thing. And I've been saying it since year one. Fans are spoiled with this winning thing. You get three years of it. You get a Stanley Cup final appearance. You get a playoff appearance in year two. You get a division title in year three, and you're in the second round, even in a bubble. Hence why they made the coaching change. The downside of winning as early as they did, expectations grow. You make the coaching change, you acquire Leonard, you were deemed a top contender in the bubble for those very reasons. You make those decisions, you are expected to make a deep run, no matter if you're in a bubble or if you're playing at home or if you're playing on the road. If this team does not get it tomorrow, get it done tomorrow, it is going to be an organizational failure. With expectations comes expectations that you're supposed to win. And by blowing a 3-1 lead in the playoffs again, it has come to the point where it doesn't matter if it's a back-to-back and it doesn't matter the situation. All we've heard in the bubble is that everyone is fortunate to be where they are. And if you're fortunate, you need to win this game like you want to stay in Edmonton for a while longer. Otherwise, you get a giant participation trophy in the mail and it's going to look sweet in the trophy case at City National Arena. It's going to look sweet. Vegas Golden Knights got to the second round, choked again. That's the word. Choked. You can't look at this any other way. This would be a major choke job for the second year in a row. And I get it. Game seven ended the way that it did last year. You still had a 3-0 lead. You still had a double overtime game in game six. And you lost it on a shorthanded goal. If you lose this time again, it's another choke job. And you have to look at this team going forward. Because it's because then you have so many questions to answer and you're not going to have a lot of time to do it. It does not matter who starts in net tomorrow between Leonard or Flurry. It does not matter because this team has scored one goal in 120 minutes of hockey. Also, this situation should not have even happened. But it has. The Golden Knights have one goal in 120 minutes of hockey, and they cannot solve Thatcher Demko. And now with this back-to-back, they don't have a lot of time to do anything different stylistically or schematically through a morning skate or whether it be a small warm-up or maintenance day or whatever. They don't have time. Because right now through two games, Thatcher Demko has been the best player on the ice for both teams. And if the Golden Knights cannot get a bounce or two to go their way, we're going to be sitting here tomorrow night on this podcast talking about what went wrong and what the next steps are going forward. Because again, this is entirely, I get the situation is weird. The results could be the exact same as last year. And if it gets to that point, who in the world knows what's going to happen with this team? All right, so Game 7 between the Golden Knights and the Canucks is at 6 p.m. Pacific time tomorrow. It will be on NBCSN. Prior to that is the other Western Conference Game 7 between the Dallas Stars and the Colorado Avalanche. They will start festivities at 1 p.m. Pacific time tomorrow. And again, three Game 7s all with teams that have seen a 3-1 series lead either against them or in their favor All the while, the Tampa Bay Lightning are just chilling. They're just chilling in the bubble before they leave from Toronto to Edmonton. Uh, They're just chilling. They're having their drinks. They're playing their cornhole, whatever. They're just hanging around. They're having a fun time. 
Dallas had a 3-1 lead and Colorado has roared back. They have found the offensive groove. They have been able to find that extra gear that has made them such a deadly team in the Western Conference. And that is even with Michael Hutchinson in goal, who again had only allowed one goal in game six, which was a spectacular performance right him. There's still a chance Dallas can win, and they're but they're going to need a legendary Anton Kudobin performance to get the job done. But I wanted to talk about this real quick because uh, last night, uh, Saad Youssef of The Athletic, who covers uh, the Dallas area, um, he covers the star. He's been covering a lot of stars the last couple of years, and Saad and I know each other from writing with uh, Mavs Moneyball over at SB Nation for a while. So him, him and I have known each other a little bit. And he asked the question last night to Rick Bownis that I thought, one, was an absolutely perfect question to ask. And second of all, the situation where Bownis went with Ben Bishop in game five, when you had Anton Kudobin playing as well as he did, that should they have put him in game five? And did and basically Saad's question was, did, did you think, Rick Bownis, that you rushed Ben Bishop's return in game five? And then Bishop was then deemed unfit to play in game six. And basically, Bounis is like, you're trying to make a story out of something. And it's like, no, you had a hot goalie going. I know Bishop is a, you know, he's gotten to Tampa Bay to the Stanley Cup final before. He's a, one of the top goalies in the league. But you go from being unfit to play to all of a sudden, hey, you're going to be in here, you know, playing a closeout game for us. We need you, buddy. And then he gives up four goals in 15 minutes. Like, Dallas had the series right in the palm of its hand. If they probably went with Kudobin in Game 5, they would have had a chance to win. Instead, you give Kudobin a day off, and now you're putting Kudobin back in for Game 7. If he's, You give Colorado life. It's basically the same situation as Vancouver. You give Colorado life. Colorado's not a young team. Colorado is a Stanley Cup contender. You give them life, you're in trouble. It might not have been a story had the job been done and you put Kudobin in Game 5 in the first place, which is why I continue to think Rick Bounis may not even get a contract extension after this is all said and done, but I digress. Nevertheless, Dallas, Colorado, 1 o'clock tomorrow, Game 7, and apparently the winner of that one will obviously be looking ahead to Vegas and Vancouver. Meanwhile, in the East, the Flyers and the Islanders will play a Game 7 after it looked like New York was running away with the series. Oscar Lindblom is back. That is fantastic. I mean, what, 13 minutes in you know, a double overtime game, fantastic to see him out there on the ice. The Flyers, not a, uh, not a lot of shots on goal, but they got the job done. They beat the Islanders 5-4. to four. Game 7 of that series is on Saturday. And again, the Lightning are sitting there in wait for the winner of that series. Game 7 is on Saturday. I can't wait to see that. Again, Game 1 of the Western Conference Final is on Sunday at 5 o'clock. We will either be talking about tomorrow whether the Golden Knights will be a part of the Western Conference Final, or we will be discussing what we're going to be doing on vacation rather early. Because this, I don't know, guys. I honestly don't know. I I still feel in my heart that Vegas is the better team. But do they have the better goalie right now, no matter who you put in? And again, at this point, it doesn't matter who you put in. Thatcher Demko has been a brick wall. Thatcher Demko continues to be really good. And if he steals one more game for this Vancouver team, I don't even want to think about what people might think of this, of this Golden Knights team. 
because to go from three to one and in the span of three days to be knocked out of the playoffs, there's going to be a lot of questions to answer and none of them are going to be pretty. So we will find out tomorrow what's going to happen. Game is at six o'clock tomorrow on NBCSN. We will have a post-game pod tomorrow. Either we're getting ready for game one or we're going on vacation early after another blown 3-1 lead. Quite honestly, I've had too much fun getting back into the groove of talking about hockey games and talking about this and that. I really don't want to go on vacation right now. So Vegas, please get the job done for all of our sakes. So that will do it for me tonight, everybody. Thank you for downloading, sharing, listening, subscribing. All that jazz is greatly appreciated. If you'd be so kind as to leave a review on Apple Podcasts again, that would be fantastic. And also... Follow the show on Twitter, LockdownVGK. Follow me at DannyWebster21 and send emails to LockdownGoldenKnights at gmail.com. Golden Knights lose 4-0 tonight. Game 7 tomorrow night in Edmonton. Will the Golden Knights go to the Western Conference Final or will they choke again? Until tomorrow, friends, I am Danny Webster. This has been Locked on Golden Knights, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. I will see you tomorrow for what could be either what could very well be the last game of this season. Have a good night, everyone.